passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast, potentially soon to be renamed the Wilson Ramos Fan Club Podcast. I am James Seltzer, and we are coming to you right after a monster Phillies victory over the Red Sox uh, with me. It's my distinct pleasure. I actually get to talk to him for once. Uh, My buddy, Johnny Marks. John, what's up, brother? They just showered Wilson with the, the orange Powerade. I know, it's great. <laughs> Remember when they, they did the, the whipped cream facial thing? They, Tomas that, Perez. Like, yeah, I like the Gatorade bath. I think that's a or Powerade bath. I think that's a, a strong move. Let, let's start there, and obviously we'll dive into a lot. It's fun to uh, to get the chance to, to chat it up and... Um, obviously a lot going on. There's been a lot of panic, Johnny, panic, and potentially after this win over the Red Sox, taking one or two in the series, people will start to chill out a little bit. But let's start with the man of the night, just a monster debut in Philadelphia for Wilson Ramos, three for four, two doubles and a triple, responsible for three RBIs, two runs scored, just a uh, outstanding welcome to Philadelphia type of night for Wilson Ramos. What's your take on on what you saw in, in Ramos's first appearance, and of course, what this could mean for this lineup moving forward? Well, based on what they gave up for Ramos, if he does nothing else as a Philly at all, it was a great trade, <laughs> right? He said it. It's true. He, he set a career high in his first game as a Philly with three extra base hits, which is incredible as it is, and, and the triple. Roman Quinn would have rounded the bases twice in the time it took him <laughs> to get the third base, but. Um, yeah, man, this team needed a spark, and Wilson Ramos, we, I was talking about it today on the air, and I didn't expect this, but you know what? I expected a guy that actually has been here, been there and done that, and he was playing in, in, in high A. He was playing for Clearwater, so you don't know what, if his timing is going to be down or whatever. Looked great. 
really hit those three balls all in the same spot. So, you know, James, you go down three nothing, and even even your biggest Philly uh, supporter or optimist isn't feeling very great about that. And that was a another great resilient win by this team. Great. That's win. the yeah. That's the key, though, right? It's it's the the word. I feel like we're pounding the word to death but it's resilient it, it's it doesn't matter whether it's in a game or over a course of a period of time this team just is resilient and they battle back from adversity and difficult situations and they have fun doing it i mean it was so fun to watch this team tonight when when reese hoskins is fanning wilson ramos with the towel and they're just into it and i i think the culture that's been created down there and obviously We've all been pretty positive with Gabe from the jump, but um, I, I'm with you, man. I think that that the Ramos edition of this lineup, we saw it last night, what it can mean for this team. It is such a giant upgrade over Jorge Alfaro. Jorge Alfaro is a little deceiving because he can hit the ball 10,000 miles and he hits it just uh, those rocket shots that just launch out of the ballpark. But he's been a pretty terrible hitter this season, striking out an insane clip. No one you can count on to put the ball in play. A, you know, the game one against the Red Sox, that huge at-bat in the eighth inning just watches that pitch go right down yeah. the middle of the plate. On, I, I, on a three-two, I was like, I was like, go. I need you out of here. And, and look, I like Alfaro. There, there is a great future there. So many, so many tools. But Ramos is a legit difference maker. And like you said, John, I think the hallmark of this team, man, they battle, they battle, they battle. So looking, um, I think one other thing to mention too, before we kind of look at the series as a whole here, but uh, a nice night for Justin Bohr too. It was definitely not yep. a good night for the Matt Klintag haters. Bohr, obviously, I think the, the most prominent moment was keeping his foot on the bag in that replay review that if it's a 4-3 game there and, and runners on, I mean, it's a totally different situation. And then the Phillies end up scoring a run and ending later on the Ramos triple uh, and ultimately scoring. But um, yep. what was your takeaway of Justin Bohr tonight and, and any message for the uh, Clentag haters out there? Well, the Clentag hater would point out that Carlos Santana, the reason Bohr is even in there is because Carlos Santana isn't, oh, isn't producing. The, but, they'll, they'll spin it. They'll spin it. But that you're right, the bore, and if that's not an out, who knows what happens after that? Tommy Hunter's in the game, you know. So now that the whole narrative is, oh, Tommy Hunter did it again. You know, watching watching it live, I know Tom McCarthy on the broadcast thought he had it. I didn't. I, I didn't was, either, John. Did watching not. it live, I I literally was just like, well, that sucks. I like Bohr. I, I I like his uh I like his reaction there. I like his energy. He had a nice walk last night that. Uh, on uh, on Tuesday night that, that almost set up a, a potential tying run uh, tonight. He showed what he is with the bat. Hey, listen, he, he may be, at this point of the year with what Santana's doing, he may be a better option than Carlos Santana. I don't expect him to take over his job, but if he produces, he's going to see more time, and I expect him to, to see some more time. Again, what you gave up to get Bohr is essentially nothing. You gave up nothing to get him. Uh, a, a C minus level prospect at best, and he's a guy that at the very least makes you make is a dangerous bench bat. And you saw tonight he can start, and uh, I expect him to see him in there a little bit. Yeah, you basically traded Howie Kendrick for him. 
I mean, from last season, when you think about it, Mackenzie Mills, the prospect. Mackenzie Mills is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is a, a left-handed prospect that hasn't been doing all that great in Clearwater at high A, and he's 22 or 23 years old, so it's not like he's 19 and he's down there kind of learning the league. He may be a major league pitcher, but this is a, it was a no-brainer trade. The fact that you even have an option to bring him back because he's arbitration eligible or you can just non-tender him. Uh, it was a great move for this year. It was a great move potentially for the future. And, hey, he's already paying dividends. Both both of those trades, they gave up very little to get Ramos and Bohr. Both have already helped. They gave up nothing. They gave up literally nothing of value. And they got guys who have really fortified this roster. And like you said, I really I, – I know that Kapler, the, the public line so far, has been Carlos Santana's my first baseman. And I get that. But I, I do believe this is a meritocracy here, and I think we've seen that with Nick Williams and the Aaron Altair situation. Uh, you know, it, granted, Altair stuck around longer than I think a lot of us expected him to the way he was playing, but Nick Williams earned that job, and he got that job, and he took that job, and Kapler wasn't afraid to do that. And yep. uh, I think that this is going to be a meritocracy, and if we keep seeing Justin Ward do what he did, like you mentioned, I, I think that was a really underrated spot, that pinch hit walk. They really gave him a chance, you know, runner on, no outs in the ninth inning in that first game against Boston. And then and then tonight, Bohr with, uh, you know, a bunch of really nice at-bats. That at-bat in the seventh inning to work back from the 0-2 count and end mm-hmm. up with a single, that started the rally. That started the kind of insurance runs that, you know, with this team you always like to have. Needs, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I was, um, I'm with you. I, I thought Justin Moore had a really nice night, at both offensively and defensively. He's, he's a little lumbering out there. He's certainly not, um, he doesn't seem that athletic, but he's, he's a good baseball player. And he, uh, you know, taking third base on the, uh, the fly out to right field. Uh, he's nice just, play. He, yeah, he's just a heady baseball player and he knows what he's doing out there. And like you said, uh, uh two years of arbitration, I believe available yep. still. So correct. It's a, it's a good asset for, for nothing. I think Matt Klintak really, really had a nice deadline here. Um, all right, any other uh, takeaways from the, the the series with the Red Sox? Vinny Velasquez struggles uh, yes. big time, big time. Pavetta looked great in, in the first game. What were your takeaways from those two guys? Well, um, you know, I, I, I was I, watching Cole Hamels in his first three starts as a yeah. Cub. And this is something we've talked about. You know, did you see what the Cubs gave up for Hamels? It was a player to be named later. They named the player. It's like a 17-year-old guy they signed for 300 grand. That's not even a ranked prospect yet because he's so young. So he, he has some promise, but he's a guy that hasn't played in the States yet. It, literally, he's a, he's a fresh international signing prospect from last year. So the Cubs were able to get Cole Hamels. And I know people were saying, oh, well, he's been terrible and this and that. I would have bet... I would have bet a lot that he would have come here and wherever he was going, a playoff atmosphere, it's a wake-up. You know, it's like, all right, let's do it. And he's looked like that so far. Uh, I don't like Vinny Velasquez. Uh, I like him. But at this time of year, I was expecting this kind of start tonight. And he was wild. He was off. Gabe did a good job to get him out early. Um, but this could have, this could have potentially could have been a, a game that, that – They've lost five of seven coming into this game, and the fans are already ready to bail. And you lose this game tonight, and Velasquez does what he does. 
it would have been nice to have another starting pitcher like Cole Hamels here, especially a lefty. But with that being said, Nick Pavetta was great last night. He, he, he worked out of some early trouble. He got him six innings. At this point, my number three starter, whether it's Pavetta or Eflin, give me six innings and two runs, and I'll take that every time. And, you know, and let's not forget this, James. This is, a, this is a deadly lineup that the Phillies in four games, except for Velasquez, have pitched, pitched exceptionally in their starting pitcher. So the fact that they've been able to split two games, uh, split a four-game series, two games, they've pitched as well as they have. They they shut down this offense, and they had a comeback win. Um, it, it, it bodes well going forward if, you, if you're bullish on the Phillies making the playoffs and maybe making some waves. The starting pitching has been great. Oh, my goodness. And you win in October with starting pitching. We've seen that time and time again. And I, I, I'm with you, man. And look, I, I'm... Not quite ready to bail on Velasquez because up until the last couple starts, he has been really good, especially compared to what we expected from him. And he's starting to flash the stuff and trust the stuff. But he is. the last two starts has been old school Vinny Velasquez. And I, I hate that guy, John. I hate that guy. I hate old school. Throw strikes, bro. You've got stuff. What are you doing? Um, yeah. But. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. But again, like you pointed out, and, and Pavetta was just outstanding. And, and his last three starts, he has completely turned it around and um, has looked great. And trusting his stuff and getting himself out of jams, like you said, like he was earlier in the season when he when he was having so much success. So I'm with you, Pavetta Eflin. And still, I, I, I'm not out on Velasquez, but he's certainly been frustrating. But in addition, we saw some some nice pitching from the bullpen. Nishak a little a little of a, a struggle tonight, but a little unlucky too. Um, a little unlucky as well. But I mean, damn, the bullpen pulled it together tonight yet again. And um, they, they again, it's not. It's kind of funny because it's guys that we don't trust, like Hector Neris. I don't trust Hector Neris. I just can't. I've I've been burned so much. But Hector Neris came in with the bases loaded and one out and did a, a freaking awesome job he tonight. Did. And he looked good in doing it. And guys like Austin Davis and, um, you know, Adam Morgan uh, sometimes, but Tommy Hunter prior to, to the homer he gave up uh, last night. Um, you know, these guys have been getting the job done kind of quietly over the last month and a half or so. How are you feeling about this bullpen based obviously off the recent pitching year, but but in general moving forward into a stretch run in September? Yeah, I, I, I wish I had a stronger lefty. Uh, um I'm not a. I don't know how I feel about loop unless you're you're doing a really a one batter. And tonight, yeah, if if he's got to face a couple righties, you don't want him in there. But um, yeah, I I like him and I like um I like the upside of some of these guys. I like Nishek, even though he struggled, had a little bit of a struggle tonight. Um, you know, and you you have guys that you know, it'd be nice to have a a true back end closer. Sir Anthony, I guess is is going to be that guy at this point. But yeah, they're, they're listen, James. They've been good all year. They really have. They've had ups and downs like any bullpen. But people that want to bitch and complain about the Phillies bullpen, go look at any other team in Major League Baseball right now, and you know what you're going to see. You're going to see bullpens that give up runs. T T Tommy Hunter. I'm not a huge Tommy Hunter fan. I have no problem with the home run last night. It's going to happen. You're going to give up home runs. It was a solo shot. He's not the reason they lost the game last night. They had two hits. So Tommy Hunter has looked better. It's it's really encouraging. This pitching staff, top to bottom, starter to to relievers, is good enough. It's it's a playoff rotation, and they're good enough. The offense has to come around, and and we saw a little bit of that tonight. Yeah, I I, I absolutely believe one hundred percent that this pitching staff, like you said, top to bottom, 
is good enough to make it to the playoffs and compete in the playoffs. I, I mean, you just look at the National League as it is now, and especially with the Nationals and Max Scherzer sliding out of it continually. Uh, maybe, you know, Kershaw hasn't quite been the same guy since he's returned. There, you can make the argument that uh, whatever top three or four the Phillies are going to throw out in a in a playoff matchup is going to be better than any of their opponents. It's certainly better than what the Braves will throw at them. It's certainly better than what the Brewers will throw at them. It's probably better than what the Cubs will throw at them. But, you know, John Lester is a pretty you know good big game pitcher, and they've got some talent there, obviously. But I would still take Nolan Arietta over their top two guys. And yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a really uh, that's an exciting thing to think about. That if they can find a way to get to October, that this pitching staff can really give them an advantage. And I think flipping it around to the offense, I think that you have to feel good at least about. I know that we've been again. You were mentioning before people were panicking, John. It was I couldn't believe how quickly people were ready to bail on this team when all they've done all season is bounce back from adversity and continue to anytime they lose. Uh, a few games in a row or have a, a rough stretch like five and seven like they did, they bounce back with big wins. They've done it time and time again, and I, I didn't understand why everyone was ready to to bail on them now in this moment. But um, I, I think that the offense, though it has struggled a bit lately, it it it's actually kind of setting up to be a, a, a potentially dangerous, somewhat dangerous offense heading into – September with with a lot of guys who are tough outs. We saw that with Wilson, just the upgrades of Wilson Ramos, Estrubal Cabrera, and Justin Bohr as whether it's getting more for his base time or you know bench uh, as a bench bat as well. It's a much better lineup than it was before, John. It's much better, and and I'll tell you what, Cabrera made a nice turn of that double play tonight. He did, I, didn't he? I, he's I, he's I, played good defense since he he's has. Been here. And I, not a ton he of has. range, but he had that really nice, uh, you know. Flip it off the glove play that he made the a uh, few nights ago. Like he's been, he's been solid out there. He's in, he's in the lineup for his bat. We know that, but he has been, like you said, the range isn't there. But balls that he can get to, he's crafty. He knows how to turn two. Um, it, it's it, it, this, this is a much better team right now. And based on them, Odubel's been ice cold. Reese has been has been cold. Really, this entire entire team has been called. If they can kind of catch fire here in the next six weeks, you're you're in you're in the playoffs right now. If the season ended today, you're you're a wild card team. So you play the Braves seven of the seven out of the last ten days of the season. You have seven games in the last three series against the Braves. You could be two or three games out. And if you go on a little bit of a run and you get hot, you win the division. So I, I would look at it and say the Phillies are in a great, great spot right now, being that they are where they are without the offense being great. And with their starting pitching more or less carrying this team, look at back at what the Eagles did. Some weeks the defense carried them, some weeks the offensive ca- offense carried them. The Phillies need the same kind of thing. They need the offense to pick them up because the starting pitching is not going to be able to do this for the next six weeks. But this has been a true team. It really, really has. And um, and it, it, it's it's been fun watching them grow. And, and Gabe has been... 
Gabe has been he's been consistent with everything. He he said it last night. They they were now played in in all of these games against the Red Sox, the best team in baseball, 50 games over 500. They weren't totally outplayed. The games they lost, they lost. They weren't this wasn't a 14 to 5 game or a, a, a you you left feeling like damn, the Red Sox are that much better than the Phillies. The Phillies just went toe to toe with the best team in baseball, 50 games over 500 and split in four games. I, I'll take that every time. Yeah, they outscored them now with the three-one win tonight. The yes, they did. All, yeah, so I'm with you, man. And I think that that has to be something that any Phillies fan looks at and and is heartened by. I think that we've done a, we've been so intense with this. It's so funny, John, because it's this like you got you know mentioned before. This was a team that that we didn't. Most people, at least you and I, were were on the high end. I felt like we were out on a limb with 88 and 87 wins as our calls, but. Most people didn't expect them to be here, and yet now that they're here, people have such high expectations. I thought it was really good uh, what you and Ike Reese were talking about today on the afternoon show, the idea that it's already a success this season. We want them to make the playoffs desperately, especially because they're right here and it's so close, and I think they're good enough. But what they've done this season is already a success. They've already won the amount of games they won last season. Tonight, 66 games. I mean... Uh, to, to not give Kapler, Klentak, this whole crew, and obviously the players credit right now, and to and to to be, still, it's unbelievable the amount of hate there is for both Kapler and Klentak when all they've done is put a contender on the t- on the field a year ahead of schedule and continue to play fun baseball. Mounts back. I'm with you, John. I think this um this has been a really great season already, and I think we've got a lot of fun left to go, but. Either way, people need to to relax with the the Kapler hate, with the Klentak hate. They've done everything they can do to have this team where they are right now. They really have. They played a big role. Klentak masterfully found a way to to upgrade this team now without giving up anything that is of value to the future. And Kapler has brought together a team that, again, won 66 games last year with an influx of youth and then some spare parts that have been added and has uh, created something, a a culture. And uh, it's been fun, John. It is. The culture set, too. And and that's the thing, right? Like, you know know what's going to be going forward. You don't know what what players are going to be here in three years. But you know going forward that... um, that what what Gabe is is trying to do here, what Matt Klintek's trying to do, and it, it it's exciting. It, it really is. And, and let let me read. And I hate to go to Twitter to be like, well, look, listen to what this person says on Twitter because people are idiots on Twitter all the time. But th- this kind of encapsulates the negative stuff on Gabe Kapler that that it it is it has been turned into a truth because people keep saying it over and over again. But so this guy tweets in and says. Gabe needs to stop trying to be the craftiest manager in the league and let the players play. Too many moves at the wrong time with the wrong players. It's not Madden. It's for real. And I, <laughs> I responded back and I said, well, I'm not saying your criticism is without merit, but what are you exactly are you talking about? And he, he has no examples at all. He has, he, he has because there aren't examples. People ha- just have this illusion of the analytics and he's trying to outsmart everybody and he, he overmanages when has that happened other than maybe earlier in the year? You know, it's just, it's a silly narrative that people need to get off of. I totally, I mean, look what we were talking about with the bullpen before. I mean, when was the last time this guy hasn't made a good bullpen decision? Like you said with Tommy Hunter last night, I mean, that that happens. People get beat. 
But, I mean, tonight he lost Vincent Velasquez in the third inning against the best lineup in baseball and found a way to navigate the rest of the game, giving up one more run with Hector Neris, Austin Davis, Adam Morgan, Tommy Hunter, Aaron Loop, Pat Neshek, and then Sir Anthony at the end. I mean, come on. You, you're not going to give the dude credit for using the guys in the right spots for making the... That's a tight... That's, uh, John, you're totally right. Is people just want to hate this guy instead of actually looking at what's happening and looking at what he's doing and giving him any credit for it. And I'm, I think it's crazy. I, it's... It, I, I, look, I know we do stuff like this in the city sometimes, and and I think that sometimes things in the past, like Chip Kelly, have scarred people where they believed, and and then there was some success, and then it all cratered. But uh, that's not what's happening here. And and regardless, whatever is happening, you can't just not give the man credit. It, it's it's just it's petty and it's silly and it's, it's petty. This is, it, it it's is. petty. This is your team. Why do you hate your manager? What's the big deal? He talks differently than you. Sorry. Big deal. He he thinks a little differently. He doesn't want to rip his players in public. Is that really what we care about so much instead of caring about a 66 and 53 win team that that is a heck of a lot of fun to watch every night? If uh, if Gabe would have would have grabbed Odubel by his braids and drug him out in front of <laughs> know, the press conference, right? people would be Gabe for mayor. You know what I mean? They they'd love him, but he's standing behind his guys, he, and his players would hate him. That would work out great. Awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm 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 done trying to. I, I understand why. I understand why people maybe dislike Gabe or not dislike Gabe. The way he talks, how he he he's positive about everything. Like I understand that rubs some people the wrong way, but here's what I say to that: Get over it. What manager? What NFL coach? What NBA coach heavily criticizes his players in 2018? Yeah, the answer is very few, if any. None. None. Right, Barely any. Right. And if they do, it's a couple old school guys, and they and they do it only when they think that it's going to get you know something done. Guys that have Even, won, like 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 a Popovich can come out and say exactly, certain things. Exactly, exactly. Because he's, he's a first year manager. I mean, yep. and then on top of that, I heard Joe Giglio talking about this. And he's like, also Kapler's going to be who he is. He's a positive person. You want him to it not is who be he who is, he man. is. It's he's crazy. genuine. He's genuine. Nothing, nothing that he does feels forced. Nothing that he does. People, people may not like it, but it's genuine. He's a genuine person. And you can tell he cares about the players, and the players respect that and like that. I've talked, I, I've, I've interviewed guys in person over the last six, eight, ten weeks, uh, players, and it's not what they say on the air because most of the time the players are going to say what they're going to say on the air. It's what they say off the air. It, it's what when you're just talking to them and they know it's you're not live. What they say. That's when you get a real feel for for what the players think about Gabe Kapler, and and they like him. I think they get a kick out of him. I love that. That's a, that's a nice little nugget there. All right, John, uh, coming up in a couple minutes, we're going to dive in uh, and look ahead. Uh, Five-game series with the Mets, which is a beautiful thing. Though They got some tough pitching matchups, but a couple quick things I had to get your take on really quickly. One, yeah. uh, I'm sure will be the biggest story in baseball tomorrow, was certainly the biggest story on Twitter and whatever tonight. Um, the Braves, and, and relating to the, the Braves, who are playing great baseball, continue to, to pace the Phillies a little bit here, but... The Ronald Acuna getting thrown at by Jose Urena in the first inning. First at bat, Acuna had been just eating the Marlins for breakfast, lunch, and dinner over the last three days. Just dominant uh, leadoff homers in three straight games. Homer another, and 
Yeah, yep. and 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 is uh, look, I, I hate that he is in the NL East for at least the next six seven years. That dude is a phenom, going to be one of the best piss players in baseball. But what was uh, I think? I think we're we're going to be on the same side in this one. But what was your take of the uh, the whole Jose? You're going to come out and just pelting Acuna. Uh, it was his highest velocity pitch that he's thrown all year. Did you hear that one? I Literally did. The, fa- the the fastest pitch that he threw all year. Clearly with intent. Ninety seven point five per miles per hour. Hit him in the wrist. I I didn't see what the injury was. I know he came out. Hope hopefully. As much as we're we're fighting against the Braves to get get the division in the playoffs, that's not what I want to see. That kid going out, he is great for the game of baseball. Um, I, you know, hit him in the butt, pitch inside. It's important to pitch inside. I wouldn't go up there and let him hit another home run, but you can't hurt the kid, you know. And 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 that's where it's bad. So you know, but I, you know, I th- it's good for baseball. It's bad for baseball yeah. that the kids hurt. It's really bad yeah. for baseball, but people are paying attention. Yeah, I, I like. I think it's just the most outrageous thing on the planet. Like, you don't hit a dude in his arm. You don't hit him. Any, you're a major league baseball player. You're throwing as hard as you can. You can control at least the the, the general region. Yeah, don't don't hit him because he's better than you. Really? That's what you got? This guy is better than you and he's better than your team and you're just going to hit him? Like, because maybe he flipped a bat or celebrated a home run as a 20-year-old kid playing in Major League Baseball and he was excited he hit a home run? Like, what? what is wrong with you? Like, I, I, I get so angry about this, John, because we're not talking about, you know, um, you know, uh, 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 a punch in the arm or... You know, some sort of playful prank. You're hurling a rock at someone at 100 miles an hour or just under, and that's effed up is what it is. And if, you know, if there's a real injury there, and I really hope there isn't, like you said, look, I don't want Acuna playing because he's awesome and he helps the Braves, but I certainly don't want him not playing because of some BS like this. I I usually don't agree with the extreme takes on Twitter, but I 100% agree. Urena should be tossed for the rest of the season. Like, that kind of stuff can't happen in Major League Baseball. It, it is, I know people are talking about it, but it's for all the wrong reasons, and it sets a terrible Agreed. precedent. It's not the way Major League Baseball should be played. You know what's fun is kids flipping bats and having and being awesome at baseball and, and enjoying the sport they're playing. It's not fun to see someone peg a dude because he's beating you, so... Um, I, I thought it was ah, I, it, it really pissed me off. Like I, I really, I think it's, I think it's so messed up. We're not, you know, and I, I have no problem with some unwritten rules stuff. And like, you know, look, if your guy gets hit purposely by a pitcher, and you want to go out and protect your teammate and hit someone in the butt, like, I'm not gonna lose my mind over it. I don't right. love any yeah, of that yeah. stuff, but and you know I'm not what you lose do? my mind over it. But this is that's this is crossing a line. You take ten miles an hour off of of what you throw exactly. and you hit him in the butt. Exactly. You don't throw the hardest pitch you've thrown all season. And it, and if he has a broken wrist, and I'm the Braves, man, that that is, um, it, it's it's pretty screwed up. And I, I wonder what the great Derek Jeter is going to do about this, since now he's the expert in everything involving baseball. So what an ass. whatever. He uh, yep. talk about someone who's really tarnishing their legacy with the with their actions. Uh, all right, but quickly, also before we get to the Mets, because I I have to get your take on this, because I know you're a big nicknames guy. I know you're a fan of nicknames. I even heard Love you talking it. about it today on the radio about the old 
Chris Berman nicknames and all that, but um, they just announced the the Players Weekend nicknames. Well, first of all, what do you think of this? Where you know the weekend where the players all have nicknames on the back of their jersey and stuff. Are you yeah or nay for that? They did it last year. Um, nicknames are pretty weak. I'll say that, but um, I, I, I'm for anything that's different. And I remember it last year. And now, are they going with with the, the nicknames that the players have? Or oh, the, I'm gonna fire Kapler some. Nicknames? I'm gonna fire some at you. Don't you worry. Um, I, think, I think Gabe Kapler. They are has not the games. Yeah. They, well, yeah. They're definitely not, as we can tell, because <laughs> Andrew Knapp's nickname is not Nappy. It's Nap Time, which is also super lame. So bad. All right. Um, let me throw some at you. Some yeah. we'll go with some of the worst and some of the best. We, Jake Arrieta's nickname is Snake, which is just weird. I don't know why. So, Jake the Snake. Here, uh, oh, that's actually pretty good. Okay, I can dig on that. Um, some that I that are just silly. I hate when it's like Justin Bohr's nickname is JB. Really? That's hey, that's what we JB. got. How about this? Eniel De Los Santos's nickname is De Los Santos. It's yeah. his last name, John. It, it rolls off the tongue though. <laughs> it does <laughs> he does have a great? I guess when you got that great name, Pat Nishak's nickname is Nishak. Of course, that ass would have a you know a no fun with it, um, and then like Nikki Dobbs is kind of lame, but um, some good ones. Tell me what you think of these. I, these are ones that are in the uh, the James Seltzer approved category. I'm going to say my my favorite for last. Uh, Sir Anthony's is Sir Anthony, but S I R and then a space Anthony. I think that's clever. Having a little fun with the name, obviously not groundbreaking. Um, here's what I really like, and I want to get your take on just because I want to know what this, where this comes from. Um, Pedro Floramone's nickname is Don Ramon. Don Ramon. <laughs> and the Ramon is spelled differently than Floramon. I originally thought, I'm like, oh, Floramon, and it's no, Don Ramon. I want to Google it. I, 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 <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I do too. I like anything with Don in it, I think has a, a badassness to it that I'm a fan of. Um, I'm re, re all right, here's some good ones. Reese Hoskins nickname, big fella. And Tommy oh. Hunter's Tommy Hunter's nickname, bigger fella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's kind of funny. I could do you not a bigger fan. fella too. I know. That's I know. All right. But, all right, ready? Here's my favorite one, and it's just because I like we could spend years trying to figure out why this is this man's nickname. For players weekend it could be that he lost a bet or it could be something hilarious but austin davis's nickname big fudge <laughs> big fudge That's so odd so so <laughs> don, fudge. Ra- don ramon a quick google search is floramon from is he mex is he from mexico or is he uh, he might be I'm, or is yeah, he right. dc well there's a there's an iconic character named don ramon from a some kind of a Mexican actor uh, in his comedic roles, Ramon Valdez played a char- an iconic character named Don he, Ramon. Ah, uh, he's Dominican. Okay, well that doesn't make sense. All right, well then it's just weird. Yes, that's, as most of the nicknames are not nearly as weird as Big Fudge. I'm oh. never causing. I'm never calling Austin Davis anything else ever again. He's Big, Big Fudge. Fudge. Don Ramon's yeah. also a family friendly friendly restaurant in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Serving oh, well, that's, got, that's what it is. Obviously. Yeah, he's a big he's a big New Hampshire guy. He lo- he's a big live free or die guy. All right, Johnny, let's let's look at your uh, New York Mets coming to town. Big one. Five games in four days. Doubleheader. Philly's doing a little uh, a little 
fancy work with the uh, with the roster maneuvers here is uh, they will have Ranger Suarez and Zach Eflin pitch yep. tomorrow in the doubleheader. Today, for a lot of people listening, as uh, as Eflin, the 26th man for those doubleheaders, and they did it so that they will have Noah Sin- uh, Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta to line up against Syndergaard and DeGrom over the weekend. Do you like this strategy, or would you rather have, you know, and look, I think uh, I think you could argue that other than those two matchups, the Phillies do have the pitching matchups either way with Suarez and Eflin against Oswalt and Mats. But right. do you like them doing that and, and trying to get your best? I mean, obviously, it's it's fun as a fan. We all want to see those awesome pitching matchups. But would you rather try and get Nola against a weaker pitcher and try and lock down a win and take your chances against the DeGrom? Or do you want to get your best guys against their best guys? Well, you know what I think happens if you if you try to think too much about it, like you, you put you you put what I would do is I would put Nola and Arietta on their regular rest in their regular turn, regardless of who he was going up against. Totally and, agree. And, it's and not th- the playoffs. No, it's not. And I think if you overthink it and you try to match it up, you can end up getting burned. So I, I you know, I honestly, dude, with this, with this, this is one of these series that I just, I would almost like to take that, take a pill and wake up at the end of it. And <laughs> because, because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm worried about a series like this, and this could yeah, be painful. Too. Five freaking games against the Mets, who are They're a terrible so team. There's bad team with with two unbelievable starting pitchers that could beat you in any night. I so I, I just want these games to be over with. I want the Phillies to win th- three of the five, win three of the five, win the series, and 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 move on. That's what I want. So it's it, this is good. This is going to be a tough stretch for me to watch. Yeah, I I feel the same way. And they've just struggled with the Mets for some reason this year. And yep. you know that Cincinnati series was the type of thing where you're going against a team you think you're going to dominate. Same thing with yep. San Diego. They've been playing down to their opponents lately, so I think this yes, is sir. a spot where they need to play up to them, and uh, especially those two big... I mean, look, that's going to be fun. I mean, Aaron Nola, Syndergaard, and then DeGrom, Arietta is going to be a, a couple of fun games. And Sunday night, a game in Williamsport, which is fun, too. That's kind of a neat thing as well. Down the yeah, World man. Series. That'll be fun to watch. I'm happy the Phillies are that game. Uh, Johnny, uh, we will obviously be back to break all that down on Sunday and uh, and look at the Five game series. Hopefully, John can uh, take a pill and and not have to watch any of it. But might make doing the podcast after a little harder. But either way, we'll figure it out. A little difficult. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll work it out. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Johnny? Well, three things. I had some questions on Twitter, uh, James. Uh, my buddy Seattle Ooh. Sam wants to wants to know how long until somebody other than Cesar Hernandez is hitting leadoff. Um, great question. Well, I, I I said this today on the air that. With with Oduble's struggle that he's going through right now, I feel like that him hitting seventh almost hurts him more than taking the pressure off of him. I would hit him leadoff. Yeah, Cesar Cesar's a quality. Player. I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. I, I look. Go ahead. Explain. No, I just I, I I'm I'm trying to get him started. I'm trying to get him I'm trying going. to get him started. Um, I think that yeah, the two hole I think would make more sense for me for Oduble. We've seen him have success there in the past. Um, I, yeah, I look, I like the idea of trying to get him going. Cesar's still gotten on base for what it's worth. He's struggled lately, but I'm still a proponent of the, of the Santana in the leadoff spot idea. I, I think that if he's going to be in the lineup, I think he makes as much sense in the leadoff spot as anywhere. He gets on base. I don't need speed at the top of the lineup. I just want people who are going to get on base. Yep. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's less about Cesar and it's, then it's more about Oduble. I'd be fine with him hitting second, but you know what Gabe does with the two and the four hitter. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. So I have that. And, and lastly, 
Adonis Medina, who was the Phillies' top Ooh, I saw prospect, this. that almost got traded for Machado. That's who they were willing. He's had some struggles this year. Uh, he's he's pitching at, at high A Clearwater, and his ERA is over four. He's been hit a little bit recently. He came back tonight with a seven-inning, one-run, 12-strikeout, no-walk game. So if you're looking for some positives from some young arms down on the farm, Medina had an excellent game, and he shows you that the he shows you the high ceiling, what this kid has. So even though Sixto's not back yet and and and, and throwing games, Adonis Medina had a nice start tonight. John, I'm gonna end with this. I just saw this. Apparently, in tonight's Gabe Kapler uh, press conference, he called Justin Bohr an emotional warrior. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. You know what that is? Talking about right there. I could see Gabe being a proponent of emotional intelligence, like Jeff Lurie. So. Oh, totally. Hey, John, it worked out. It did work out. I'm it a fan of the out. emotional intelligence. I can yes, take sir. the emotional intelligence anytime. All right, uh, for Johnny Marcus, I'm James Seltzer. Thanks for listening. To another edition of the High Ups Podcast, we will be back on Sunday to break down. Hopefully a Mets series that John Marks will be happy that he did not take a pill for. So uh, until then, maybe. maybe, yeah, go Phillies. We'll see you guys later. See you. Hey, Flyers fans, it's Al Morgani here. want to tell you about my new Flyers podcast, South Philly Sauce, along with Ashlyn Sullivan. We break down the ins and outs of the team while also bringing you the best interviews with players, coaches, and media members. You can hear the new episode every week, twice a week, on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts.